Welcome to the Mastering Mindfulness Institute, the place to end self-sabotage and get off the diet roller coaster to finally achieve a life of balance. I'm your host, Gina B. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. I have a really special guest on today that I'm so excited for, Kyla Coogan. We're talking about self-love and not in the way that you would normally expect. She has a whole new approach that you're going to love. Kyla is a transformational life coach and speaker doing some amazing things, so I can't wait to jump in. Thanks so much for being on today, Kyla. I'm so excited to be here, Gina. <laughs> I love all your energy. Every time I see you like pop up on my Facebook or my Instagram or even just in person, whenever I catch you, I love all the energy that you have and bring, so I'm super excited that you're on today. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. You're so sweet. <laughs> it's super gonna be awesome um I know you have a lot of things going on and your your work is really amazing I've been following your story for a, a little while now um and I was so inspired hearing you on somebody else's podcast and I know you're really passionate about sharing your journey to self-love and what a really unique take it is um and I know you've been working on a TED talk and all these amazing things going on getting your message out Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In the last year, I've just been going for it, Gina. I, ever since I, I, what I would say, I guess I discovered this deeper sense of love within myself. I just feel really on fire and I just, I'm in a place where I'm taking aligned, committed action on the things that I feel called to do. And it just feels so amazing. And it, and ultimately it's coming from a place of being of service and helping people that really need it right now. Yeah. So who are those people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's so, it's so awesome. Like just sharing this on here. I, I was so resistant to, to honestly serve this population for many years because it me meant that I was going to be my most authentic, most vulnerable self. And mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, I hid that I was gay for about 14 years. I knew I was gay when I was in third grade and I didn't come out until um, college, after college. And so, you know, I, the population that I'm serving primarily right now is the queer community or the LGBTQ plus uh, community. And um, I'm primarily serving individuals that identify as queer who also are aspiring leaders or they are leaders and they're looking to become more confident so that they can really create the greatest impact that they're here to make in the world and create this sense of freedom from within themselves and really be their most authentic self. Um, and like I said, I was so resistant to, to really serve the population because it meant every day was pretty much a coming out party. Like every time somebody, every day somebody asks me, you know, what do I do for work? And I tell them that I work with the queer community or the LGBT community, and I get a lot of shock faces, and, I, and there's a lot of explaining that I have to do. And, and there was fear that came up for, for many years to just step into that. And to be honest, it's been such a blessing, and, and just I feel really honored and privileged to be in the position that I'm in now and like serving this population because I know it's what I'm here to do. Yeah, that you're so far the the pieces that I've heard about have really been like so beautiful with you opening up 
And I'm sure that feels pretty freeing. I, w I would imagine being able to speak about what, what feels so true to you. And a lot of the people that I work with, I think, are struggling to really love on that authentic self. And, and what is it really, what does that journey really look like? And how does that affect how we love our bodies and ourselves and, and then our habits and what we do? So I would love to hear about your experience because you've really had just such a, a journey of opening up and sharing it and, and discovering now, you know, like what does self-love actually mean and how do you get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, when I, when I think about the topic of self-love, I think what I really like to look at is, you know, what, what self are we talking about? Hmm. Right? Like, I think a lot of people are trying to love the false self, hmm. right? They're trying to love this self that is very fear-based, that is um, very me, 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 and very judgment-based. And what I am most interested in is, is the true self, right? And, and, I, and through what I do through coaching, I create this like transformational experience for people where I actually have them look in a different direction and they're looking in the direction of the true self. And, and, and I'm less interested now than ever in doing work on the false self and like loving the false self, because what naturally happens is when you look in the direction of the true self, um, what the true self really is, is made of love. And it's, it's, there's actually like a feeling associated with it. There's this feeling of love and what naturally happens when you look in that direction is you like your mind your mind clears and you have this sense of clarity and it's almost like you you're going up in an elevator like consciously you're going up in an elevator and as you go higher and higher up in the elevator your mind gets more and more clear and there's this feeling like this feeling of love that starts to expand in your body and so i'm more interested in like how do i access this true self that naturally has a clear mind and has this natural feeling of love rather than doing all of this work on this like false self. And so this isn't really like a, a popular take per se on self-love, but it's completely changed my life and it's changing my clients' lives every day. And it's, it's actually really simple. Um, and so how I teach people to discover this like self-love um, and this authentic true self is I teach three, three principles. Mm. Um, those three principles uh, were first discovered by a philosopher. His name is Sidney Banks. Okay. And this this is basically what Sidney Banks discovered when he went through his like spiritual awakening. He, when he went through it, he, his discovery was like, wow, okay. Like what I see is what I see creating the human experience is is mind, thought, consciousness. They're the three universal principles, the three laws that are invisible, but they're creating the human experience. And it's the great equalizer that every human being, in order for us to have a human experience, has mind, thought, consciousness. And so just by me creating this experience where people like have a deeper understanding of mind, thought, and consciousness, what's crazy is that just by understanding it and, and being able to perceive it, they can't touch it or see it, but just simply perceiving it and understanding it, what happens is their well-being rises, and mm -hmm. they access this true, this true self, and this like our 
like our, our true self being self-love, like we're made of love, like that, that's what it's pointing to. And there's a feeling that people um, discover when we go through the experience together. So that, that's how I would describe, it's kind of a long explanation. Wow, yeah, that's, it's, that's really beautiful. I've never really heard somebody put it that way before. And I love that. Um, one of the mentors that I work with, when, when we, he guides me through a meditation when we, when we begin together, and in the past he has said, you know, thinking, think of a place where you feel totally safe or a person or a situation where you feel totally safe. And it feels like being at home. And I would imagine that that's kind of like the feeling of what the true self feels like that, that place where you feel so totally safe and relaxed. And it feels like being home versus tight and not your authentic self, maybe. Yes, it's home. Yes, that's basically the experience I create, right? Is I point people home. I'm pointing them home. That's beautiful. And, and it's crazy because all it requires is a conversation. And, and what I find is there's also this, this um, confusion between self-love and self-care. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I see is that like self-care like would be when like I did this before the call. I went in the jacuzzi and I enjoyed 30 minutes in the jacuzzi because I love, that's something I love to do and it's a way for me to like care for myself, right? So yeah. that is to me exercising self-care, but a lot of people in the self-love world would perceive that as self-love. And I perceive that as, as a act of self-care um, and I'm doing it out. I'm actually doing it from a place of love. I, I, my intention is not to go to the jacuzzi to like make my worries and my insecurities and my fears go away. I'm actually choosing to do something that I just love to do. And I enjoy to do. Um, so so I think that, like, uh, sorry, I just want to clarify. So would you say, would you say that like a way to differentiate self-love versus self-care would self-care be more like actionable doing like things to nurture yourself or self-love is more of a perspective or mental shift or does yeah that's you're so on it yes i think most of the self-love world is is the is people are trying to do something mm. to achieve it and and the, i see that that is endless work and is actually taking people in the wrong direction Oh, interesting. So I'm actually pointing at self-care. Yeah, self-care is the act of doing something to take care of yourself. But I, my intention with that is, again, to do it from a place of love and not do it from a place of fear. Because even when you, you do something to take care of yourself, sometimes we're doing self-care that's taking care of the, the, the false self. Right? <laughs> Does that make sense? So like, for example, like, um, I see the false self as caring what people think, right? Uh -huh. So like, you know, walking around, trying to look good and avoid looking bad. So like self-care in someone's opinion could be, oh, I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes because this, wow. this, this guy is going to like me, right? So like, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself today and buy myself some new shoes. But the problem I, I see there is that you're doing it from fear, right? There's actually, it's actually an act of fear. And it's, it's like, that's actually taking you in the wrong direction of discovering self-love. So that's why I think a lot of people are not discovering self-love. They're going, they're, they're do, going the wrong direction. So I see self-care as, yeah, you take action to 
do things that you love to do that will take care of yourself. And self-love is actually what we're made of. Like it's, it, all that's required is looking within and actually discovering the feeling of love because that is, that is what we're made of. Right. That's what we're made of. Yeah. Right. So it's like, no, no change has to happen. It's just pulling out what's in there. Yeah. Looking. And it's, I think it's looking in a direction because I see it as like, people are looking in one direction and they're looking through this egoic fear-based lens. And so they're playing that movie. Like that's the movie they're watching mm-hmm. versus that if they look in the other direction, they're, they're, they're able to see something that allows their mind to naturally clear. And then the feeling of love just naturally is, is what takes over their body. Cause we were born to feel love. Like that's what we were born with. Like that, that's our natural state of being. But over time we've learned this egoic personal thinking that is now ruling people's lives and taking over their lives. Wow. So I, I would, I would love to jump into like those three principles that you talked about or, um, your approach to self-love. But before we do that, I do want to hear a little bit more about, about your journey and about your story. I've heard it, um, a little bit on, um, on another podcast and some other talks, but I really want to hear it directly from you in your experience. And I know like some of the the listeners I'm sure could really connect with you based on your experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, what, what, what part of my experience would you like me to share? There's a lot. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I think that there is, your story reminded me of such a journey to like what self-love really means and how we think that once we share with the world what our authentic self really is, that it's like freeing and that it's easy from there. And you're like, okay, da da da, da here I am world. And then all of this love pours in and your life is transformed and changed and you're beaming. And I know that you're like, wait, <laughs> hold on. That's not quite reality. Like I've had quite a road to self-discovery and what self-love really means. So maybe yes. just a little bit more about is, is backtracking as much as you want um, on what did that journey really look like for you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I know I mentioned earlier, like knowing I was gay when I was in third grade and hiding that for 14 years, but, but really what happened in that 14 year period is that, you know, that hiding that hiding my authentic self ended up manifesting into a lot of issues. And I ended up manifesting severe acne in high school. I had it all over my face, my back, my arms, my chest, everywhere. Mm. Um, And then, you know, years later, I was diagnosed with disorder. And um, actually, in between that phase of having acne and, and finding out I had a disorder was when I came out. And a lot of people in society, they think that when someone comes out of the closet as, you know, being gay or being LGBTQ plus, that once they come out, that now they're their authentic self and now everything's great and they can just be themselves and everything's, you know, blissful. But in my, my, my world and what I experienced, that would definitely was not the case. And I actually see something happening in society overall where the LGBT community comes out and then there's this period of time afterwards where they're trying to navigate what it's like to now be more themselves 
and it's really confusing and it's really scary. And, um, you know, years after I came out was when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And then I started having panic attacks every single day. And then I started thinking about suicide. And then I was terrified of the fact that I was thinking about suicide. And I thought that I was going to have this anxiety disorder for the rest of my life. Wow. And I, I like truly started to believe that. Um, but even though I had this belief that that was like what I was going to have for the rest of my life, there was an underlying belief under that, that told me that wasn't true. And that underlying belief is what kept me going, that kept me seeking. And I didn't really know what I was seeking, but I just knew that there was some, like there was a better life for me and there was some kind of clarity that was going to happen. And so I would call it coming alive is what happened to me. And so, you know, it's like my story is like, I went from being afraid of coming out to coming alive and, and that coming alive happened when I discovered love, like true love within myself. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, it really, so it's amazing how, how, what you were struggling with can transform in the body, like to anxiety. And like you're saying with, with acne and I mean, that's just amazing how that can transpire because of this longing to be your, and show your authentic self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I honestly didn't see it like that until the last two years. Like, I looked at my story, I looked back at the trauma that I'd been through, and it didn't, it wasn't as clear as it is now. And it makes so much more sense to me now why I had acne and why I, why I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Like, in my mind, if I can't be my most authentic self and I'm, I'm hiding every single day, who I really am and I'm not a, like allowing myself to just be just enjoy life and be myself then yeah it makes sense why I would have have acne and have anxiety and have all these other issues that were manifesting right and I, I, I honestly didn't see that until I would say in the last two years really digging into my story and like whoa okay like this is why it's so important for people yeah. to be able to just be themselves like wow. it, so it's light, it, it's life changing. So how has your health or your, whether that's physical or mind, mind, body, emotional, like how has your health transformed since this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's changed everything. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, when I went through my coach's three day experience, that's what was like changed my life. And what's crazy is that, um, you know, that transformation happened in moments. Like I had, I had just like really insightful moments with him, with, with the coaching program that he offered. And, and just in those moments, I, I, I couldn't believe what was happening to my body. Like I remember that weekend I was staying at a friend's house and the entire weekend, she's like, I can see you like your body trans having a transformation. Like each night I actually would like touch my stomach and I felt the like inflammation. I had this like inflammation in my stomach and that's typically where I carry my emotion. And I actually felt it like decreasing and dropping like throughout the entire weekend. Yeah, like the entire weekend I was with him, I would say I was in a meditative state and I was witnessing my body like change. And 
what's crazy when I look at photos of myself from this year to last year, like I actually look older last year than I do this year. And, and people this year, people have like, I've had people tell me that they think I'm 22 or 23 years old. And, um, and I tell them I'm, I'm 30. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had it too. I had a, a, an emotional rough patch where I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I just, I looked not as young and vibrant. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, my profile picture on Facebook last year compared to this year is totally, totally different. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah. how did, so, okay, you had this work um, with your mentor and how did this come to being the program that you have today? Yeah, well, after I went through the experience with him, I'm like, Greg, I'm teaching this for the rest of my life. Like yeah. it's a known fact. There's no doubt in my mind I have to teach this. And so, yeah, I, um, I just feel really grateful and really blessed that I, you know, I discovered that along my journey. It was like a 10 year period of time of just searching, searching, searching. And, and, and what we're teaching with the principles, there's, there's actually thousands of um, practitioners around the world. We're considered three principal practitioners that are teaching the principles. Um, and I am just, I, again, I'm just really grateful and really blessed to be in the position that I'm in that, that I found something that has given me clarity and peace of mind and, and it's doing the same thing for my clients, even in a two hour session. So hmm. yeah, <laughs> I just feel really grateful right now. So for people who are like struggling, they know that they have maybe a deeper authentic self, whether it's, um, whether they are a part of that community or they are queer or, or whatever it is that, that they are having to, you know, try to let their authentic self shine is what I'm trying to say. Whatever it is that they have inside and they're, they're really struggling with that and beating themselves up and maybe not letting that authentic self shine. And it is affecting, you know, their health and where, like, where do they start? Mm, yeah. Well, I, I have, I have a book recommendation for, okay. for anybody that's listening. And if, if what I'm sharing is resonating with you, um, there, there's actually two, two suggestions I have. Um, one is, uh, they can go to my website, Kyla, C U Y L A.com. And I have a free course on there and it, it, it's a three part video course that teaches this method of mind thought consciousness. So they can get the free video course on my website. Awesome. Um, and then second is, um, the book that I started with that, that really integrates and teaches this, this, uh, understanding of the principles uh, the book is called Inside Out Revolution, and the author is Michael Neal. Mm. I would definitely recommend um, you can you can buy the book or you can get it on. You can also listen to it on Audible. Um, and what I recommend to anybody who actually reads or listens to that book is is to treat the book um, as an opportunity to just feel how you feel when you read or you listen to it. Like you don't have to take any notes. You don't have to memorize anything, like simply just read it and feel how you feel when you read it or when you listen to it. Ooh, I love that. I always tell my clients to do that with food. When you eat a certain food, feel how you feel. And then they start picking their food choices based on how they want to feel. Yes, that is, 
where life gets fun when you when you when you actually are in tune with your feelings and you yeah feel you're like oh what are these oh what are these <laughs> yeah <Weird. laughs> yep <laughs> wow so the three principles of mind thought and consciousness can you dive into that a little bit more are you willing to share some of your secrets behind that <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one thing I, I like to share when I, when I talk about the three principles is I talk about each one separately. However, the key thing to understand is that they're not actually separate. Okay. So mind, thought, and consciousness are the the three principles that are working together simultaneously, and they are the invisible intelligence that creates the human experience, right? So because they're invisible, like I see them as the three of them working together simultaneously. And when people start to compartmentalize them as separate things, that's actually taking them away from what I'm pointing to. Hmm. Right? So I first want to point that out. So I talk about each one separate, but they're actually working together to create the human experience. Okay, so um, if I talk about thought, the way that I see thought is that we have, like, we have personal thought, right? So this kind of like egoic fear-based thinking, mm -hmm. right? And then we also have this impersonal thought, which is thought that has nothing to do with the person, that has nothing to do with Kyla, has nothing to do with Gina. It's just this, this like creative flow of thought, Okay. Sure. So I see thought as like, we almost, we almost have like two forms of thought, right? And, and all that's really happening in people's lives is they're getting really caught up in the personal thought. So it's like the way I like to describe thought, right? We have about 40,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. Okay. And if 95% of those thoughts are subconscious thoughts, right? So if, we have 40,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are subconscious. So let's say, wow. let's say 20,000 out of 40,000 are subconscious, right? So that means they're thoughts that we don't have any control over. They're just coming through the system, right? They're coming through. And so if I'm trying to control and manage and fix 20,000 thoughts a day, I'm literally going to drive myself crazy. Hmm. And that's where I think a lot of people in the personal development world, and this isn't to say that their approach is wrong. But in my mind, to me, it feels like endless work when, I'm, when I put a lot of energy and attention into trying to fix, manage, or change 20,000 thoughts a day. Wow. Right? Wow. When you put it like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So all I do when I teach thought, mind, and consciousness is these simple, like these super simple, like understandings about how it, how it works what ends up happening is people start to see something and they, they start to realize that they don't have to entertain the personal thinking anymore. Like, and the less that you entertain it, the less you have of it. So you, you end up having less fear. Um, what I say happens is like, I wouldn't say people are fearless that will work with me, but they, they fear less when they work with me. Hmm. And it's because they're, they're, they're entertaining the, they're, they're not entertaining the personal thinking as much anymore because they know that it's, it's endless work. Like there's, there really isn't a need to put that much energy into it. 
And if naturally what happens is that our well-being goes up and our mind naturally clears, that's what I'm more interested in. So a lot of the conversation around uh, mind, thought, and consciousness, it, it focuses on thought because the actual like issue, all the only issue people really have in the world is thought, is, is that they're, they're, they're either scared of their thought or they're trying to change their thought or manage their thought. And it's this like, it's so, they're putting so much work into their thoughts Wow. And that's creating their problems. And so when I just simply create an experience for people to see that, it completely changes their life. Wow. So it's like we're, we're spending so much time over-processing, trying to control instead of just seeing it for what it is, kind of recognizing it, not always buying into what our thoughts are maybe. Is that right? Yeah. And I, what I think happens is people make everything matter. Like they make, they make every thought matter. They make, and they, this is what I find is that people are trying to figure everything out and that's where their problems happen. So they'll, they'll have a thought that comes in and then they spend all this energy trying to figure it out. And it's just a thought. <laughs> that's funny actually. <laughs> yeah. And then when they, honestly, what, if you spend less time figuring things out naturally, naturally what happens is you have a more clear mind. It's that simple. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So is that a lot of like how you learn to deal with anxiety? Because from my understanding, anxiety is getting caught up and pulled away, running away with a lot of your thoughts and being sucked into it. That's kind of how I interpret anxiety is like letting your mind get stuck into this storm of, of thoughts that kind of sweeps you up and takes you away. Yeah. I, um, the way that I I'm seeing anxiety now is I have a scary thought and then I feel like really scared of the thought that I had, which has a uncomfortable feeling. And then I get scared of the feeling. Like I don't want the feeling to keep coming. So then it becomes like anxiety about anxiety, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to have that feeling and I don't want to have right. that thought. But then when we, when we start to get in that rabbit hole of I don't want to think that way or feel that way, we actually get more of that. <laughs> so like, it's crazy how when we put all of our energy into that, like, I don't want that, I don't want that, we actually get more of that. So if that doesn't work, then okay. I, what I've found is all that's required is people to just continue to understand how mind, thought, and consciousness work. I know I just talk primarily about thought, but what, when they understand how the three of them are working together, like that's all that's required because there's this natural thing that happens to someone when they understand it, where there's this sense of safety. Hmm. Like wow. they're like, oh my, like, cause there's a feeling associated with it. They all of a sudden they feel really safe in their own body because they're like oh like I get it now like I get I get where my experience is coming from and and there's a feeling with it and this feeling is I'm being taken care of at every moment that's amazing that that's really amazing and that's actually something that's been kind of a pretty new concept to me within the past uh, probably month is this idea of like radical inclusion of me. Like I'm an anxiety driven person. So my whole life has been like, how do I suppress the anxiety? How do I fix it? How do I make it go away? Instead of being like, I'm going to radically just include all parts of me 
and stop mm -hmm. focusing on like, why am I thinking this way? Why am I control? How do I control it? I don't want to feel this way. And then having anxiety because I have anxiety. Now I can be like, okay, I see it. There's like an anxious part of me. Like, how do I love on it and take care of it right now? And just know that's maybe a part of me. That's what it kind of reminds me of. It really, that's how, how I'm kind of resonating with what you talk about. Yeah. Oh, something really cool is coming up for me right now about that actually. So <clears throat> what I, what I realized when I, when I started to understand anxiety and I started to understand like uncomfortable feelings, right? When we feel something uncomfortable, mm -hmm. there, this is what I see. Okay. What I see is there's one of three things that are happening in that moment. Okay. So if I feel uncomfortable, there's these three things that might, might be the reason why I feel that way. One is that I misrepresented who I am. Hmm. Two is that I miss, I misunderstood something. Okay. So I either, I misrepresented who I am, right? I misunderstood something or I was misguided. So I might've gone a little bit off path. And like so these, are, so these are three situations that bring up anxiety. Is that what you're saying? So what I'm saying is anytime that I feel, anytime I feel uncomfortable, mm. so it could be anxiety, but just an uncomfortable feeling, period. Right. If I don't feel, if I don't feel love, the way I would describe it, love is our default state. So if I don't feel love at any moment and I feel anything but that, I feel uncomfortable, that kind of discomfort or anxious feeling that's coming up. What I realize is that there, it's one of those three things that's happened. I either misrepresented myself. So I might've been in, let's say I was with my friends and I, I was being my false self. So I felt uncomfortable in that moment, right? Yeah. I misrepresented who I was being. Um, or I misunderstood something. So I might've had an insecure thought because I didn't understand. Or I was misguided. So I see our feelings as we're guided by our feelings. Like you were talking about with food. Like, I'll literally go to the grocery store and I'll go off a of feeling like, oh, wow, like I feel really lit up to get bananas right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's actually, I listen to intuitively, like, okay, like I, I follow that feeling because it's a feeling of love and joy. And it's like, get that, like get the bananas, right? So that's how I see it is that like, that also gives people peace of mind when they start to feel anxious or uncomfortable. Like if they just know that it's one of those three things that could have happened, then that gives them this, yeah, gives them peace of mind. Because again, if, if 20,000 thoughts a day happen and we don't know where they're coming from, then like, I don't always know why I was anxious, right? Like I don't always know why I was uncomfortable. So for me to spend the energy trying to figure it out is just going to give me more of it. <laughs> so yeah, right. just, just simply like, if we could just be at peace with like, okay, I feel a little anxious or I feel a little uncomfortable. One of these three things could have happened. Maybe I misrepresented myself. Maybe I misunderstood something or I was misguided. Like we can be okay with that. I love that. I love that so much because I really feel like we spent, we do. And I never really thought about that, but spend so much time over processing. Like, why am I anxious today? Why don't I feel good today? And you go back and try to backtrack and it's like, you're missing the point. <laughs> Tell us why. <laughs> Yeah. And, and our, and, and the one thing I want to remind people of too, if you, if you know, if you understand the nature of thought, I mean, thought is transitory, right? So we have a thought and then we have another thought and then another thought. And so we're not meant to feel like, feel one thought all day. 
Mm. Right. We're not meant to like feel one thought all day. So like if you feel anxious or uncomfortable, it's like knowing that you're going to have it for like a moment and then, and then it passes. Wow. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) So how with the community that you work with, I know you talk a lot about working with the queer community. Um, One, I kind of want you to explain what does that word queer mean? And how does something like this help that population or how has this like helped the people that you do work with? Yeah, great question. So when I started getting into this field and coaching and speaking and, and um, working with this community, I, I also was trying to decide what word is the best word to use, right? And, you know, primarily people use the word LGBTQ plus, um, but what I, I decided to use the word queer because um, queer historically was a word that was used as a derogatory term, right? So in the early 1900s, you know, people who were more homophobic would actually use it as a slur term, as a word to make fun of the community. And in the late 1900s, um, the community basically said, okay, like, we'll use, fine, we're queer, right? Like, we're going to, we're actually going to take that word, like, back and say, like, fine, like, we'll embrace the word rather than, like, be offended by it and, and actually like say, fine, we're queer. Like now what? Right. So um, that word has evolved over time and, and there's still people in the community that don't necessarily like resonate with that word. But I I've been trying to find a word that really embodies not only sexuality, but also gender. So what gets confusing for a lot of people is like within the LGBTQ plus community, there's, there are identities in sexuality and then there's identities with gender, right? So somebody might identify um, sexually as like gay, lesbian, or bisexual. And then somebody might identify with gender as like transgender, Mm. non-binary, right? There's different labels that people, like identities people have um, with gender and sexuality. So what I'm getting at is queer is actually the overarching broad term that embodies both sexuality and gender so no matter what like i see queer honestly as like anybody like whatever sexuality or gender you identify with like like that it doesn't it doesn't matter like it really it doesn't it doesn't matter it's like whatever you identify with is 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 what you identify with right right Um, and and so i primarily serve people who identify within the queer community but I, like I mentioned, I still have clients that, that resonate with my story, especially struggling with anxiety. And so I don't turn people away who like might not identify with that word or with that um, community. Um, ultimately, like I'm in a place where I'm serving those who are in need and who feel called by my message. Amazing. So how has that helped them, um, your, your program? bring out what what is it bringing out for them is it is it finding their authentic self is it confidence the love the the self-care things what does this like mindset shift you know based on these principles what does it what outcome like do you see with them oh it's so good I get so excited I know so I'm curious oh Oh, man well where do I even begin so really what happens is they discover this true, like they discover their true self, really. They discover their true self. And, and with that is a, is a really nice, warm, loving feeling. And they're able to live more through the feeling 
like moment to moment and and they they end up living more present like they actually have presence in their life and they have more clarity and peace of mind and because of that alone it literally affects every area of their life and so then they start waking up to oh my gosh like my mission and my purpose on this planet is to do this and they didn't even see it before mm-hmm. and they couldn't see it because they were so stuck in anxiety and fear-based thinking right so if they're just thinking about those thoughts and that's the movie they're playing they can't look in the other direction and see their purpose and their mission wow so so yeah i mean it, it it's like they go through this just like discovery period with me and they and they wake up to their truth and then they wake up to what they're here to do and their mission and their purpose. So I, I guide them through this experience where once they then are discovering their mission, I'm giving them the tools and the resources to like take action and make it a reality. That's amazing. So with the program, I, so you're already full force in with the program. Um, did I hear some things about maybe a TEDx talk coming up? What, what is in, in the future? What, what's coming up here? I know you're really tired about a lot of stuff, so I want to hear what's coming up. (laughs) Yes. So uh, like I mentioned, I am just taking aligned, committed action right now. And when I feel this like desire and this calling to do something right now, I'm taking action every single day and it's been really exciting. Um, And yeah, several months ago, I watched my, my good friend Taylor Conroy speak about TEDx talks and I literally was sitting in the chair and I'm like, oh, I have, I'm, I have to do a TED talk. Like it was just this like knowing, like sitting in the chair going like, oh, okay, that's next, right? So I, I'm just immediately like got on a call and, and so we're working on it right now. Um, the plan is I'm going through the application process for the next three months and um, hopefully doing it by March or April, 2020, um, but I'm very, hopeful that it's going to become a reality and I can't share the title yet. Um, but that is the plan by early 2020 that yeah, I'll be doing a TEDx. So cool. Well, I'm definitely going to look out for that. Um, so to remind me one more time, uh, that free video series that you have, where do they find that again? And what was that one called? Yes. So if they go to my website, at kyla.com that's c-u-y-l-a.com and they'll see there's actually a pop-up when they go to my website where they can get the free gift oh cool Uh, and really it's just the method that i use to like break through my anxiety and it's what i teach right it's it's the it's the principles of mind thought and consciousness amazing and your info about your program is on there too in case they want to you know take advantage of that yeah, so if they go to Kyla.com, they'll also uh, they'll see my social media handles. But I'm I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can find me at Kyla. Actually, it's Kyla Coogan. So my last name is C O O G A N. Um, but yeah, if they go to Kyla.com, they'll see the links to all my social media. They can um, schedule a call with me. They can fill out a form if they just want to email me. There's there's different options there. But would love to connect if this message resonates with you. That's amazing. Even, and I would love if anybody wants to share any feedback that you have after, if you want to comment on this post of what, you know, what, what 
resonated with you, some of these messages. I know that you're probably reaching a lot of people today, and I, I love your positive energy. It's very magnetic. Um, it's just so magnetic in your story. I'm sure that a lot of this is really resonating with a lot of people and getting them super inspired and stoked to figure out what's in there and let it shine too and start being that being that authentic self mm, yes thanks gina i love so, it I'm, so much. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna keep following your work i'm so excited to see what's ahead and thank you so much for sharing your story mm, thank you for having me I'm all so right great. thanks kyla no problem <laughs>